everybody and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today I am going to be talking about why your wife has no sexual fantasies or why she doesn't share them with you. So before that, please do subscribe. The next subscriber episode will be, I don't know yet, and the most recent subscriber episode, I don't remember. <laughs> so that's a good sales pitch. But there's 137 of them. Oh, it was a romantic, a romantic. There's lots of them about sex, romance, love. I mean, just all sorts of stuff. All right, anyway, so... The 24% of women have no fantasies, right? Or maybe it's 26. I forget. It's like a quarter of them. I just did a little video on it. So a whole bunch of women have no fantasies. Why? Because they have no libido. I told you this already. <laughs> I told you guys this already. If the woman has no libido, what the hell is she going to be thinking about sex for? It would be like a guy secretly thinking about scrapbooking. That's always my analogy. No guys like scrapbooking. It's the hobby that no men like. I'm sure I'll get hate mail from guys who have elaborate scrapbooks, in which case I apologize and I will change it to some other thing. Um, but anywho, uh, most guys don't like scrapbooking, so they don't fantasize about how to scrapbook better, how to go to Michael's and get all of their scrapbooking paraphernalia so they're all ready for scrapbooking season. No. So women who have low libidos do not think about sex. They really don't. Um, they think about it only in as much as possibly when they're ovulating, and that's about that. Now, though, there are other women. There are women that had more uh, active sex lives before you met them and with whom the honeymoon stage was uh, uproarious fun and you had lots and lots of sex in all different ways. Some of them were suggested by her. She initiated. She masturbates. Um, you know, she's a sexual entity. If your wife doesn't do any of that stuff and the honeymoon stage sex was basically you initiating sex once or twice a week and her doing it with a smile because she liked you more at that time, but now no longer with a smile, then she doesn't have any fantasies. Leave her the F alone, right? But, um, you know, there are women that were highly sexual beings. The idea that they have no fantasies is probably not true. But why wouldn't they tell you? I mean, some of them may not because their hormones change. Maybe they're on an SSRI now, birth control, something changed somewhere. They have kids, they have an anxiety disorder, all they do is think about the children's safety, whatever their problem is. But some of them do have uh, fantasies. Why wouldn't they tell you? Well, there's one big reason they wouldn't tell you, which is because you make everything about you and your ego. You are sulky and impossible to give feedback to. And you are terrified you'd go down manosphere rabbit holes and have convinced yourself that 67% of women are cheating with the guy's best friend. And, you know, 50% of women have babies that aren't the guy, the husband's baby and all of this crazy stuff. And therefore, if they ever even suggest that they might be attracted to another man that isn't you, you go into basically that thing where, you know, Rumpelstiltskin had like a huge tantrum until he like, you know, blew up or whatever was in that fairy tale. And, you know, therefore she can't tell you anything because she's terrified to shake your already fragile self-concept even further and have to pay for even more therapy for you. You know, like for real. <laughs> so, so that's why, you know, she may not tell you if she's a sexual entity and she has any sort of 
fantasy because guess what? Fantasies are not going to be about having the same sex with you that she can already have at any moment. That's not a fantasy. That would be as ridiculous as her fantasizing about cooking dinner that night for the children. No. Maybe she thinks, oh, I would love to be able to cook, you know, French food for, you know, children that would eat it that aren't mine, that are better behaved and less picky in this sort of, you know, on a yacht possibly, you know, then maybe she could have a fantasy about cooking. But why the hell would she have a fantasy about cooking if it's the same thing that she does every night? That's not called a fantasy, right? That's just called what happens. So a fantasy evolutionarily is going to be, and most frequently research says is about having sex with a stranger. Why? Because as I've told you myriad times, in order to increase the genetic diversity of our species, ideally a woman would have sex with a new man every time she ovulated. That is not what she wants to do. And you, as a man, would be having sex with every woman you saw pretty, you found pretty or attractive anywhere, anytime. That's not what you want to do, or at least not what you want to do, you know, given the constraints of the life that you've chosen. And same for her. So, but that doesn't mean her fantasy is going to be about like literally having sex with you the same way in a different place or something. Why? You're like, how, why would that be exciting? Why? <laughs> it wouldn't. <laughs> I'm just, you know, and I know this because I used to be a young woman, obviously a young teenage girl, et cetera. Where a guy would say, what's your fantasy? He would be like, oh, doing it on the beach. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. What do women fantasize about? Doing it with a different person, some kind of BDSM scenario, like some new thing that they want to try. Not with the husband, but like in theory, they want to try it. Be cool, I guess, if it's the husband, because that's who they've picked. So like, given that it has to be with the husband, then they'll do the BDSM with the husband, right? But why do, you know, why would somebody think about doing something with somebody that they already you know, no, and are with, that's not a fantasy, you know, that isn't a fantasy, that's like a reality show, you know, so you can enjoy sex with your husband super much, and love it, and think that it's awesome, and also, that isn't going to be your fantasy, unless you are just using that one, so, so here, here, let's, let's say, because a lot of guys might be getting upset, so she could certainly be sitting there thinking that she wants to have sex with you when you come home, Totally. That great. And if you consider that a fantasy, then game on. She could totally be doing that. That's totally real. She's a high libido woman or a woman that understands her own body. And she's in the first part of her cycle. She probably does think, oh, when he comes home, you know, maybe we'll have sex. She's scared to say it because then it turns into some kind of a promise and she's going to be tired later, etc. But, you know, she thinks it. But that's not like a fantasy. I guess it's like a mild, like a daydream. Like a daydream. But when guys say, what's your fantasy, right? So then I've heard things like this. So the guy says, oh, well, what's what's your fantasy? And she's like, oh, well, you know, this one time in college, and she's going to talk about something that she did that she actually liked. But uh-oh, alarm bells, because his, his insecurity just, you know, whew, it just zoomed up. And he's like, college? Oh, um, oh, so do you mean with that guy that you told me about in college, you, the one that you said that you weren't really into him, even though you dated for three years? Um, oh, so, all right, uh, okay, well, I mean, I just guess I didn't know we were going to be talking about past experiences, so, uh, all right, so, okay, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, go on. So what does she learn from this? She learns his ego is as fragile as a blown glass, you know, and I can't ever say anything that's on my mind. And so therefore, I got to go back to, oh, my fantasy is to have the same missionary style sex that we have at night, except, oh, my God, we're going to do a doggy style and I'm going to tell you I want to do it outside. 
That's not her fantasy. She was about to tell you what her fantasy was, but you shut it down because you can't hear about anything that upsets you or that makes you feel like you're not the only attractive man to her in the entire universe, which of course you're not because is she the only attractive girl to you in the entire universe? Certainly not, right? So if you want to have an open sex life, you want to be open-minded and you want to talk to each other and to be open with one another and to actually know who you're married to on a deep level, then you cannot have a very fragile self-concept. And I talk about this in the podcast, how to get genuine sexual performance feedback from your wife. And the number one way is to be thought of as somebody who can receive feedback by being a laid-back confident, secure guy that can be told, um, no, actually, like, I don't like how you go down on me without, you know, having basically a tantrum, you know, and, and there's the equivalent of this in the other way as well. So there's a lot of women that are like, oh, babe, like, what, what are your fantasies? And then he says something about a threesome, and then they don't have sex for like three months, because she's so mad at him. And we got to go to therapy about it. And does he really not love her? What the fuck? She just set him up to fail. He said it. That's a common male fantasy, you know, but she doesn't want to hear it. What did she want? She wanted the equivalent of what women have to tell preoccupied attachment guys. Oh, it's you, but it's on the beach. (laughs) You know, like it's it's us. We're doing the same thing as usual. It's just, uh, you know, one inch outside our home in the grass. Okay, cool. People can like having sex outside. But the funniest part is a lot of the reason people like having sex outside when that's the fetish is exhibitionism is because of the exhibitionism. So it's like the part where you might get caught or where somebody actually does catch you or watches you. But if people try to bring this up with a very insecure partner, that's another thing they don't want to hear. Oh, so it's not hot unless somebody sees us. Oh, why do you want somebody to see us? Oh, you want that guy to see you? Why? Because are you sleeping with him? (laughs) So it becomes like crazy, you know? So if you actually want a partner to be able to tell you their fantasies, their thoughts, their sexual dreams, anything, then you got to be somebody that does not have so much skin in the game and such a fragile ego. And what what do I always say can help with this, can help with self-esteem and confidence therapy, because then you could see the origin of why you are putting yourself in this box. You know, it's fear of negative emotion, you know, it's fear of being too upset. And you always learn that at home, you know, is by parents who like won't talk about certain things. We're not allowed to say certain things. Otherwise, somebody gets upset. And if mom or dad gets upset, then it's the end of the world and we can't ever have bad feelings, you know. And that kind of way of being really infiltrates your whole system. And then you start to think that if you were to feel, for example, jealous, or you were to feel, for example, insecure or wistful about wishing you had been the guy in college that she had done whatever the hell you'll never know now that you cut her off, you know, then that feeling will be intolerable to you. You will not be able to deal with the negative feeling. So Yes, you can, and you can learn to do that, and therapy can teach you that all emotions peak and decrease, and negative emotions are just as normal and natural and fleeting as positive emotions, you know, and you don't want to shape your entire life and certainly your intimate relationships around never experiencing a negative emotion because you consider yourself too fragile to possibly power through it. That feeling and that lack of confidence in your own ability to weather the emotional storms that necessarily come with any deep and meaningful interpersonal interaction that is always situated in the early upbringing experiences and we were trained to fear 
feeling hurt, feeling sad, feeling inferior, etc. So then you never really can understand the full range of anything that your partner is experiencing or experience what it would be like to be in a very open, mutually loving and trusting kind of free atmosphere, you know, the same as people have with friends, you know, where you could just say anything. Some people don't even know that's possible in in a marriage, but it is. Of course, you can't say like nasty stuff like, man, do you look ugly today? But you wouldn't say that to a friend either, right? And what you should be able to do is ask them a question and hear any answer. If you're interested enough to know, to ask the damn question, then you don't want to be the kind of person where then they think they have to walk on eggshells and predict what's going to upset you in all their possible answers. So basically, as a TLDR summary, if she's low libido, she probably has no fantasy. So stop asking her about them. You are just having an extreme lack of empathy and not understanding that you do not fantasize about doing shit you don't like either. So leave her alone and stop making her feel broken and less than by trying to tell her all women have fantasies. No, they don't. Next, if you've had some of these conversations and this felt a little bit close to home where like she's maybe started to say some things and then you've your your insecurity has run rampant and roughshod over the conversation, then why don't you go back and apologize? But before that, You might want to seek out some individual counseling so that you don't do it again because you're stopping yourself from knowing your partner, from experimenting, from playing, from be having an adventurous and free relationship because you're scared to hear that she might think that some other dude was hot or that she fantasizes about basically faceless men instead of you, which is the large majority of women, if it's not a celebrity, which is another popular one, you know? So, you know, if you really want to, The thing is that women who are partnered to very open-minded guys, they truly find themselves growing more sexual and more open. A guy, it is possible for a very open-minded partner to lead the other partner into a space of of increased sexual gratification and fulfillment and open-mindedness and self-awareness. That is every man's fantasy, but you can, you know, being the guy to open up the woman sexually, but a closed-minded man can open up no woman. So you have to work on that closed-mindedness first to have even a shot at being uh, somebody who can be in an open-minded relationship, never mind open her up more sexually. All right. I hope you guys found this really interesting, and I thought that it was a good one and definitely something to introspect about, and I will talk to you all soon. Have a great day.